Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, whether for fun or profit. Welcome back, everyone, to the GeoMob Podcast. Uh, my guest today is a return guest, a repeat guest, longtime uh, London GeoMobster, Thierry Gregorius, who is now uh, with True Horizon Coaching, his... his um, his coaching company. So, Thierry, welcome back. Um, and uh, yeah, introduce yourself very briefly. Tell us, tell us who you are and what you do. And then we're going to go very deep on it. Your journey from Geo, out of Geo, still working on the edge of Geo. Well, we're going to learn all the details. Yeah. Hi. It's great to be here. Thanks for for having me on again. Um, so yeah. So I'm Thierry. Um, I'll now work as an executive coach and leadership development trainer. And um, I spent most of my career in geo. I started out as a geodesist, actually. Um, then moved into GIS, working for large corporates, um, and then moved into leadership, rolling out enter- enterprise GIS um, across across the global organization. Um, then I uh, moved in from energy into environmental data, property retail data, um, then I went into consulting, and then I eventually ended up uh, working as a coach. So, so I suppose my journey um, has gone from large organisations to ever smaller organisations until I ended up working on my own uh, as a freelancer. Uh, and also, the journey has gone from starting off uh, with a highly specialised geospatial um, kind of role into more and more the human element, leadership consulting, eventually working as a coach. So so it's, it's gone from large to small and from highly technical to, to more human-based. And uh, uh, let's let's push a little on the coaching. So what is the focus of the coaching? You're coaching people primarily in the geospatial industry or all industries or what's the... Um, I started off... Yeah, I started off coaching primarily in the geo industry because that's where I've worked all my career. Um, so that's how I started out. And I started out freelancing um, just like two days a week or so. Uh, and um, and that gradually scaled that up. And um, I've been working as a coach now for a few years. And actually, I now work more outside of geo than in geo. Uh, so I work across all industry sectors. Uh, and I've done a fair bit of career coaching, um, but over time I've moved more and more into leadership coaching as well. So I'm, I'm, at the moment I'm working a lot with leaders um, outside of the geo sector. Okay, very nice. So today we wanted to talk a bit about as, as someone who's gone through many different stages of the industry and eventually started your own thing and now kind of outside of geo, maybe about transferable skills that, that are developed within the geospatial industry. And uh, because I, I think your path is a, is a very common one or one that many people at least contemplate is, uh, you know, moving from big company to small for doing their own thing, um, leaving the geospatial industry, coming back into the geospatial industry. Maybe you could, you know, let's talk a little bit about what type of skills are people, um, do people need to make these kind of transitions and how can they develop those skills and, and what your observations are? 
Oh, sure. So, yeah, it's a good point. And I've, I've reflected on that a little bit um, as I moved around within Geo and then increasingly outside of Geo. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, there's certainly um, a few things to consider there. So, um, the first thing I'd say is there's a lot of skills that we as Geo people take for granted um, that, that we don't really see them anymore. Um, um, the first thing that comes to mind there really is that as a geospatial professional, we're actually exposed to all kinds of industry domains, expertise areas, uh, which is actually quite unusual. Uh, I, I think most professionals in most professions, they, they stick to their own domain and that's that. Whereas we as geoprofessionals, we, we're a lot more fluid like that. So we get exposure to uh, quite a lot more business areas, a lot more industry sectors, um, and even if we work within just one organization, we tend to get exposed to all the stuff that goes on in that organization, um, So, which is an advantage because that already gives us some, some skills in terms of working w with other domains, with other specialities. Um, the other thing I think that we end up taking for granted is, um, do you know when, when astronauts go into space, and they have this what's called the overview effect, which is yeah. Which this is, is like, when for the first time they kind of see yeah, the Earth out the window yeah. or whatever, and the, yeah, yeah, exactly. So as an astronaut, you look out the window and you get this immense awe and wonder, and and you have this this understanding of the Earth as a whole. And okay, we're not going to space. I haven't gone to space. I'd love to. I, I probably won't. But um, but I think. Geo people do have that to some extent because we always look at problems in a geographic sense. You know, we always look at how, how things relate to each other geographically. And I think that gives us a certain overview, which people in other domains don't always necessarily have. So, so that's also a really useful skill to have that, that we may not even realize we got. What, what, do, you, what do you see mainly what, uh, in terms of from your coaching uh, clients, like what um, what are the challenges they face if the, uh, as they move into different domains and things like that, or what are the what are the stumbling blocks maybe that geospatial people have? Yeah, it depends what stage of career people are in. Um, in early stage career, people are mostly trying to work out um, kind of like what they want to do, you know, which industry sector they should go into. Um, what kind of problems they like working on, um, and and so forth. Whereas um, when you reach like the middle of the career, a lot of people tend to get stuck a bit, where they have to make a choice: do I remain as a specialist, like um, a GIS specialist, or an Earth observation specialist, or do I go into more generalist roles? Um, and and there, I've I've been working with a number of people actually who didn't quite know. Um, where to go next. They, they kind of listed the things they've done. They've done a bit of this, a bit of that. They enjoyed um, orchestrating things together, like I just said, because you are working across all these different expertise areas. And um, there the conclusion was often, well, actually, what you'd really be good at is, is work in product, as, as, as a, like a product manager, product coordinator, product owner, because there you really need to orchestrate things from IT dev to client interactions to project management to and bring it all together from all these various domains to, to, to like deliver a product that that 
that that um, that speaks to the requirements of the customer. So, um, so yeah, it, it really depends. But um, it's 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 really like a double-edged sword. You no, know? it's useful to have the skills to interact with many domains and 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 being able to to speak the language of different domains. Um, at the same time, it can be a, an issue that you're not really an expert in any particular domain as such, if, if you're in such a role where you are coordinating things. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's interesting. I guess the common path, right, is people people get some sort of training in, in geo, be that formally, you know, through, through a university or something, or um, or informally, they just kind of, you know, they come with just a general technical background and then build up the skills or something. But and then typically they transition out of geo. I guess it's not really typically going the other way, is it? Is, or do you see much of that? Um, I've worked with people who who move both ways, so. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, sure, you can move out of Geo, and that's quite easy to do. I've done it myself now, but, um, uh, and I've seen people uh, move move beyond Geo, like into IT leadership roles and stuff like that, or move into other sectors, starting up their own businesses in insurance, agriculture, whatever it might be. Um, but also, moving the other way around, moving into Geo, um, um yeah, I've I've worked with a number of people. I think they were predominantly IT developers who who were wondering how could they get more into the geospatial um, into geospatial work and um, and there you no know, they had it was interesting to see what preconceptions they uh, they had of the geospatial world because because they often thought oh yeah but I'm I'm a I'm a computer scientist. Um, I don't really know what I've got to offer to the geospatial world. And I say to them, well, I think probably quite a lot because because most geospatial people who come from the geospatial side of things have got a geospatial degree. Yes, they can write code, but it's probably ugly code compared to what you can write. Um, and also in terms of architecture and all that stuff. So there's a hell of a lot you can offer. And, and, and they didn't appreciate that. So um, likewise, remember speaking to a data scientist um, who was a pure data scientist, lots of statistical background, lots of programming experience, again, computing science and statistics. And um, and also there, uh, he didn't quite appreciate that the skills he would bring to geospatial would be highly valuable because he thought, oh, yeah, but I don't really understand the geo bit. And I said, well, that's probably easier to pick up than the other way around what, what you bring. So, um so yeah, so it works both ways. One uh, one thing I was I was thinking about a couple couple weeks back is or having a conversation also some about is you know the the trend over the last 20 30 years maybe longer uh, you know it used to be someone would would learn a, a skill in in this case geospatial go work at a a large company or an organization and kind of you know that would be the their path would be then advancing within that organization or, um, you know, maybe they would switch, you know, a few times in their career to a different comparable organization. And now, particularly it feels like post COVID and with remote work and things, 
it feels like people jump much, much more, right? Careers are much more fragmented. People, people take breaks, you know, maybe do part-time, do freelancing, do, um, people have kids and, and they need to take a break, but, and in some ways this is great because we have all the freedom. And the other hand, we also, um, it puts a lot more responsibility on the individual to find their own path. Right. And, and to navigate through this, this world. And, and it's easy to kind of get lost or get stuck or to, um, you know, how do you see that? How do you, do you see people struggling with this and, and how are, any advice for best navigating this, especially within the context of geospatial? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I see that a lot, especially um, the younger generation. They seem to swap jobs a lot more often than than older people. But um, but but the trends are are across the board. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I started my career in a large corporate, and yet they, they had an amazing training program. They haven't. They've they had an amazing career development program, um, and I think. A lot of large corporates still have that today. So if that's the way you want to go, I think that that's still there on offer. Um, however, of course, there's no certainties anymore. Even if you're in a large corporate job, that doesn't mean that you're not going to lose your job one day because um, they keep reorganizing all the no, time. Exactly. And yeah. I mean, so every company and, is vulnerable. Yeah, and and ironically, working as a freelancer now, I feel more secure than I ever did in in an employed job. <laughs> Because yeah. as a freelancer, I, I can be more flexible. I can I can move into areas very rapidly and do different things very rapidly. Um, so moving through this, um, yeah. So what, what comes to mind is this concept of squiggly careers, where it's no longer just a, a straightforward linear path, but you're kind of moving from this to that, like you said. And I've worked with people who's, who, who reached a point where they felt a bit stuck because of that, because they, they've done a bit of this, a bit of that. Yeah. And then um, and then we we're talking, and they say, well, yeah, I don't really know. There's this job I want to go for, but I haven't got quite what I need for it, but I'm really excited about this job. And then we looked at, at the history of, of the work that they've done, and 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 there's always stuff in there that's really useful that, that people completely overlook. I mean, even like, let's say you worked in hospitality for a while, for a few months behind the bar. No, the skills you will have learned there will have been useful human interaction skills that will be useful in, in any workplace. No, as you're dealing with clients or whether you're dealing with leaders or bosses or whatever. Um, so... Usually, uh, there's always something that, that you can use. There's always a transferable skill, since we're talking about transferable skills here. Um, in whatever you've done inside and outside of work, there's lots of transferable skills that you may not see because you take them for granted. Um, but you're right, it becomes harder because the onus is now on you as an individual to design your own career path, which can feel a bit overwhelming uh, at times. I mean, I can, just speaking for myself, I mean, on the one hand, it's so liberating that, you know, having my own business and I can do whatever I want. On the other hand, anything that I want to do, I have to do it. I have to organize it. I have to, um, you know, I have to, for example, make the effort to reach out to people so that I continually meet new people or, um, 
or, or for example, learning new skills, picking up new skills. You know, I have to make the decision like, okay, I'm going to budget the time to learn this new thing. And, and I'm going to, you know, whatever it is, find a course or find an instructor or what, you know, and, you know, there are times that that's, that that's very exciting and you can get very enthusiastic about it. There are other times, you know, just, you know, life is coming at you and you have a lot of distractions and it's easy to just kind of just, Oh Christ, I don't, you know, just keep going as you've been going. So yeah, indeed. So it may be easier to be on a corporate ladder where it's the expectations are clear and you have a clear path in front of you, but it's always this eternal choice between freedom and security. And, if you have absolute freedom, you have no security. If you have absolute security, you have no freedom. Most of us are in between somewhere. And you need to decide for yourself where that point is, where you feel the most comfortable, acknowledging that that like there's never a situation that's completely perfect for you. you, know, you always feel a little bit insecure or... Um, or, or you feel like you want a bit more freedom... Um, then when you have the freedom, you think, oh, shit, this is feeling a bit insecure now. I don't know. So it's um, it's basically you have to embrace it. There's no other way of doing it. You have to embrace that and, and see what works for you. Particularly, I guess, now that you've kind of stepped out of the geospatial industry, as you as you look back on it and also in discussion with your clients, any any particular skills that you find geospatial people are, are often lacking or any, any kind of gaps that they, t- in the, in the skill set that they typically exhibit or blind spots, let's say, or. Yeah. In terms of blind spots, like I just said, there's a lot of skills that we take for granted that we don't even see anymore. But um, uh, in terms of obvious gaps, I mean, that's, that depends on the individual and, and where they want to go next. Um, I mean, if you want to go into a highly technical role, it'll probably become obvious to you which kind of gaps you need to fill in, in order to achieve that. Um, if you want to move into kind of particular industry sectors, um, the gaps you need to fill there is probably learn more about that industry sector. Like I, for example, spend a lot of time in the energy industry, environmental industry. Um, so I needed to learn about those industries, otherwise you can't really make any inroads there. So um, having said that, you, you learn a lot by doing and, and by working with other people. It's not really something you can you can learn through reading up on stuff. Yes, you can read up some stuff, but you mostly learn by doing with other people. Um, and but in terms of, yeah... In terms of moving in and out of geo, um, what you need to learn again will become obvious to you as 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 it becomes obvious what you want to do next. But I think in my experience, most people struggle with the questions, what do I want to do next? Mm. That is the most difficult question. Once you know what that is, I think it becomes obvious where your strengths are, where your development areas are, and, and therefore what you need to do next. How how do you help people discover what it is they want to work on? What they, um, is, I mean, is this something you're discussing with many of your clients? Or it comes up quite a bit, actually. Yeah, I mean, not so much in in my leadership coaching, but in career coaching, definitely. Yeah, so that's usually one of the first questions. Um, and I mean, I ask people, you know, what excites them. Um, where do they notice themselves feeling really engaged? You know, what were they doing when they were feeling engaged? 
Um, and if they find it hard to answer those questions, then then they can spend a bit of time observing over a few weeks, you know, perhaps journaling, seeing what they found exciting, um, where they felt they had lots of energy versus where they felt drained, who, who they were with, you know, what they were doing. Um, and out of that will come um, an idea of what, what, what other kind of things you might be interested to do next. Um, unless it's a clear picture like, okay, I want to work in this sector. I'm, I'm really passionate about I don't know, climate change and therefore I want to work on that and I'll, I want to apply Earth observation climate change. Then it becomes more straightforward. But a, a lot of people don't have a clear passion, which is fine. Then you can look at you know, what are the small things that, that you know, provide a bit of joy in your day. I mean, I do have an overriding passion working with people, um, but beyond that, it gets a bit more hazy, and there's a lot of small things I enjoy in the day, whether it's it's speaking to you now, Ed, or, or walking to my espresso machine and making myself a nice coffee, or uh, working in a nice office, um, whatever it may be, you know, so... Um, Quite a lot of people just walk through life and through work without really noticing the things they enjoy um, or, or, or do well, for that matter. Okay, yeah, useful, uh, useful framing there. Thierry, I guess it, it wouldn't be a podcast in early uh, 2024 if we didn't discuss AI. So... Um, yeah, we were talking before we started recording. I, we're recording today, the day after um, Geomob Barcelona. Uh, and uh, last night at, at Geomob Barcelona, we had, we had several excellent presentations. But one presentation got me thinking quite a bit. And it was um, by a company called Earth Pulse. And they're building a tool um, basically to help... A, a kind of an, a, a text-based AI large language model type thing where um, to help people get value out of Earth observation data and data sets in general. Um, I haven't actually played with the tool, but that this was kind of my understanding of it. And um, you know, and basically the premise is, of course, you can just kind of query and and uh, get get the data, get everything done for you. So typically the type of thing you would have gone to a GIS professional or maybe like a, a data scientist or something um, to, and so the question is to what degree do we see AI kind of replacing, how do you view the rise of AI and what the effect that's going to have on, um, you know, jobs in the geospatial industry. I mean, will it be the case that, you know, will we need GIS professionals or will we just say, you know, hey, computer, give me, do the analysis and, uh, you know, you know. We'll all be in universal income doing nothing, won't we? So, <laughs> no, but I think um, as, as AI does more and more of those tasks for us, um, I think what we need to do is what we do best, which is the human things. So, which is asking the good questions, um, framing the problem. Uh, I mean, especially in our sector, in geospatial, we've always, we've always done things the wrong way around. We come up with a solution, then we start looking for a problem. Um, and um, One thing that I find, I mean, I see this just with my customers on geocoding, which is a, a relatively straightforward kind of, you know, technical operation. 
And so many customers, they just even have difficulty formulating what it is they really want. You know, they, they fixate, exactly. you know, they kind of say, oh, I need this. And then I kind of push on it. It's like, well, why do you need it? And then as you, you know, after the fifth or sixth round of questions, you really get to the, you know, they don't really need that. They, you know, there's a much simpler way to do things or whatever. And, and I see that very much as, this is something in geospatial, very often someone comes with like, oh, we need, we need to understand X. And then, you know, the bringing the experience of a, of a geospatial training and, and of working on similar problems, and then you kind of work with them and say, actually, you know, we could do this, or have you thought about this, or have you reflected on that? And that's really the value. Um, yeah, and But is it the case that, you know, it's exactly this sort of, let's say, say, um, sparring or or conversational um you know back and forth where ai in some cases seems to be pretty good i haven't not in geospatial but like in you know i do see people say that this is one of the things they're using chat gpt for is to like generate ideas and go back and forth and getting prompts and things like that and you know, could this come to geospatial as well? Particularly if it's a kind of custom engine that also has all the the technicals, uh, uh, algorithms, and things. I, I mean, uh, how do you yeah. see that? Is that is that should should people should people entering the industry be worried or? No, I think it'll just move on, just like previous automations have helped things. Um, AI will help some things, but it won't ever be able to do everything. So, I mean, for example, when I worked as a as a consultant, I was doing a lot of um, GIS strategies for large organizations. And yeah. the, way, the way I did that was I spent 80% of my time just speaking to people, asking them about their requirements, asking about their hopes and fears, what excited them. Um, and out of that, really, out of those answers that they gave me, the strategy basically created itself. You know, I didn't really have to design very much because... Um, I just collected the requirements. Um, I, I create, I turned that into a career and strategy, but I didn't really have much work to do at the end of that because, um, it was me questioning people. It was me working with people and working with them at an emotional level, you know, asking them what would excite them, hopes and fears and all that stuff. Um, that, that really gave me all that information and, and I can't really see an AI really doing that very easily because you need to relate to people at an emotional level. Uh, also, in the, on the leadership development programs that I do through another organization, we spend a lot of time working on emotional intelligence. Um, and and, and a, an AI won't be able to do that because as a human, you want to relate to another human mm. um, at an emotional level. Um, equally, with creativity, I think, yes, AI can create some amazing things and i'm sure some creative roles will will be replaced by ai but there's always something creativity needs to spark an emotion um and i think ai will struggle with that because an ai has no emotion an ai is an algorithm and that's that so um but it does mean that no in terms of transferable skills and preparing for the future i think also as geospatial professionals uh, we need to prepare ourselves for the fact that, that like the, the day-to-day tasks, analytical tasks, um, will be done by AI. But that then means that we need to upskill our emotional literacy, our creativity, um, and and we already got a head start on a number of 
professions because we're used to dealing with all these different domains, working in a multidisciplinary way, having to influence without authority. All of these are incredibly useful skills so that, that we can that we can use and, and expand, really. Okay, so shouldn't despair just yet, I guess, is what you're saying. Is we, there, there's still some time. Okay. Very good. Um, Terry, any final thoughts? Any, um, any final messages you want to get out there to people, uh, you know, kind of contemplating where to go next in their career and, and debating a move in or out of geo, any, any parting advice? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess, um, I, I remember a quote now from a guy, I think it was at an open source conference a few years ago. There was a guy from the ONS, the office for national statistics, and he had a big quote on the slide that said, do not look for the geography job, look for the job for the geography in the job. Hmm. And I think if you want to work in geo, it's important to realize that there are many jobs out there which don't have a geo job title, and yet they are inherently geo in some way. So because in the world, everything is related to everyone, everything else, and um, and everyone else indeed. And everything's related to location. Um, so it doesn't always have to have a geo in the job title for it to be a, a geo type job. So, um, and thinking of transferable skills, uh, that's probably a useful quote to wrap up with. Very good point. Yes, very good. Uh, what what is the best um, way for someone to get in touch with you, or if, you know, if they they have questions, or maybe if they they want some coaching, where should they? Uh, how can yeah. they, I mean? Are, do you have availability? Are you are you booked out weeks in advance or years in advance, or are you? <laughs> yeah, well, as we we're talking before uh, before we record it, yeah, I'm pretty busy at the moment, but uh, I'm always happy to speak to people, and um, yeah, so the easiest. A uh, way to get in touch with me is via email, so that's thierry at truehorizoncoaching.com, or you can drop me an email from my website, truehorizoncoaching.com, uh, or hook up with me on LinkedIn. Um, I've still got a Twitter and Mastodon account, but to be honest, I'm not active on there right now. Um, so probably LinkedIn or email or my website is the best bet. Okay, very nice. Then um, I do recommend anyone, anyone out there who you know is uncertain of the path forward should get in touch, and and maybe you can help them work through it. So, thanks a lot for coming on the show, Terry, and um, obviously we'll see you at GeoMob London soon. I hope. Yeah, it was nice to talk to you, Ed, and see you soon. Thanks for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. Hope you enjoyed the discussion. Get in touch with us if you have any feedback or suggestions for topics we should cover. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our monthly mailing list where we keep you informed about upcoming events. You can, of course, also follow us on Twitter where our handle is geomob. Thanks for listening and hope to see you at a geomob event soon.